Act One of the Cherry Orchard by Anton Chekhov, translated by Julius West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One, a room which is still called the nursery. One of the doors leads into Anya's room. It is close on sunrise. It is May. The cherry trees are in flower, but it is chilly in the garden. There is an early frost. The windows of the room are shut. Dunyasha comes in with a candle, and Lopakhin with a book in his hand. The train's arrived. Thank God. What's the time? It will soon be two. Blows out candle. It is light already. How much was the train late? Two hours at least. Yawns and stretches himself. <sighs> I've made a rotten mess of it. I came here on purpose to meet them at the station, and then overslept myself. In my chair. It's a pity. I wish you'd wakened me. I thought you'd gone away. Listening. I think I hear them coming. Listens. No. They've got to collect their luggage and so on. Lubov Andreevna has been living abroad for five years. I don't know what she'll be like now. She's a good sort. An easy, simple person. I remember when I was a boy of fifteen. My father, who is dead, he used to keep a shop in the village here, hit me on the face with his fist, and my nose bled. We had gone into the yard together for something or other, and he was a little drunk. Lubov Andreevna, as I remember her now, was still young and very thin, and she took me to the washstand, here, in this very room, the nursery. She said, "'Don't cry, little man. It'll be all right in time for your wedding.' Little man. My father was a peasant, it's true, but here I am in a white waistcoat and yellow shoes, a pearl out of an oyster. I'm rich now with lots of money, but just think about it and examine me, and you'll find I'm still a peasant, down to the marrow of my bones.' Here, I've been reading this book, but I understood nothing. I read and fell asleep. The dogs didn't sleep all night. They know that they're coming. What's up with you, Dunyasha? My hands are shaking. I shall faint. You're too sensitive, Dunyasha. You dress just like a lady, and you do your hair like one, too. You oughtn't. You should know your place. Yipikadov enters with a bouquet. He wears a short jacket and brilliantly polished boots, which squeak audibly. He drops the bouquet as he enters, then picks it up. The gardener sent these. Says they to go into the dining room. Gives the bouquet to Dunyasha. And you'll bring me some kvass? Very well. Exit. There's a frost this morning, three degrees, and the cherry trees are all in flower. I can't approve of our climate. <sighs> I can't. Our climate is indisposed to favour us even this once. And, Yermolai Alexievich, allow me to say to you, in addition, that I bought myself some boots two days ago, and I beg to assure you that they squeak in a perfectly unbearable manner. What shall I put on them? Go away. You bore me. Some misfortune happens to me every day. But I don't complain. I'm used to it, and I can smile. Dunyasha comes in and brings Lopakhin, some kvass. I shall go. Knocks over a chair. 
there, there, you see, if I may use the word, what circumstances I am in, so to speak. It is even simply marvellous. Exit. I may confess to you, Yermolai Alexeyevich, that Epikhodov has proposed to me. Ah. I don't know what to do about it. He's a nice young man, but every now and again when he begins talking, you can't understand a word he's saying. I think I like him. He's madly in love with me. He's an unlucky man. Every day something happens. We tease him about it. They call him two-and-twenty troubles. Listens. There they come, I think. They're coming. What's the matter with me? I'm cold all over. There they are, right enough. Let's go and meet them. Will she know me? We haven't seen each other for five years. I shall faint in a minute. Oh, I'm fainting. Two carriages are heard driving up to the house. Lopakhin and Dunyasha quickly go out. The stage is empty. A noise begins in the next room. Fears, leaning on a stick, walks quickly across the stage. He has just been to meet Lubav Andreevna. He wears an old-fashioned livery and a tall hat. He is saying something to himself, but not a word of it can be made out. The noise behind the stage gets louder and louder. A voice is heard. Let's go in there. Enter Lubav Andreevna, Anya, and Charlotta Ivanova with a little dog on a chain and all dressed in travelling clothes, Varya in a long coat and with a kerchief on her head, Gaev, Simeon Pishin, Lopakhin, Dunyasha with a parcel and an umbrella, and a servant with luggage, all cross the room. Let's come through here. Do you remember what this room is, mother? Lubav, joyfully through her tears. The nursery! How cold it is. My hands are quite numb. To Lubav Andreevna. Your rooms, the white one and the violet one, are just as they used to be, mother. My dear nursery! Oh, you beautiful room! I used to sleep here when I was a baby. <laughs> and here I am like a little girl again. Kisses her brother, Varya, then her brother again. And Varya is just as she used to be, just like a nun. And I knew Dunyasha kisses her the train was two hours late there now how's that for punctuality charlotta to pishin my dog eats nuts too <gasps> don't think of that now all go out except anya and dunyasha we did have to wait for you takes off anya's cloak and hat i didn't get any sleep for four nights on the journey i'm awfully cold you went away during lent when it was snowing and frosty but now Darling! <laughs>, laughs and kisses her. We did have to wait for you, my joy, my pet. I must tell you at once, I can't bear to wait a minute. Something else now? The clerk, Epikhodov, proposed to me after Easter. Always the same. Puts her hair straight. I've lost all my hairpins. She is very tired and even staggers as she walks. I don't know what to think about it. He loves me, he loves me so much. Looks into her room, in a gentle voice. My room, my windows, as if I'd never gone away. I'm at home. Tomorrow morning I'll get up and have a run in the garden. Oh, if I could only get to sleep. I didn't sleep the whole journey, I was so bothered. Peter Sergeyevich came two days ago. Peter! He sleeps in the bathhouse. He lives there. 
He said he was afraid he'd be in the way. Looks at her pocket watch. I ought to wake him, but Barbara Mihailovna told me not to. Don't wake him, she said. Enter Varya, a bunch of keys on her belt. Dunyasha, some coffee quick. Mother wants some. This minute. Exit. Well, you've come. Glory be to God. Home again. Caressing her. My darling is back again. My pretty one is back again. I did have an awful time, I tell you. I can just imagine it. I went away in Holy Week. It was very cold then. Charlotta talked the whole way and would go on performing her tricks. Why did you tie Charlotta on to me? You couldn't go alone, darling, at seventeen. We went to Paris. It's cold there and snowing. I talk French perfectly horribly. My mother lives on the fifth floor. I go to her and find her there with various Frenchmen, women, an old abbé with a book, and everything in tobacco smoke and with no comfort at all. I suddenly became very sorry for mother, so sorry that I took her head in my arms and hugged her and wouldn't let her go. Then mother started hugging me and crying. Maria, weeping. Oh, don't say any more. Don't say any more. She's already sold her villa near Menton. She's nothing left, nothing. And I haven't a kopeck left either. We only just managed to get here. And mother won't understand. We had dinner at a station. She asked for all the expensive things and tipped the waiters one rouble each. And Charlotta too. Yasha wants his share too. It's too bad. Mother's got a footman now, Yasha. We've brought him here. I saw the wretch. How's business? Has the interest been paid? Not much chance of that. Oh, God. Oh, God. The place will be sold in August. Oh, God. Lopaking looks in at the door and moves. Moo. Exit. Varya, through her tears. I'd like to. Shakes her fist. Anya embraces Varya softly. Varya, has he proposed to you? Varya shakes head. But he loves you. Why don't you make up your minds? Why do you keep on waiting? I think that it will all come to nothing. He's a busy man. I'm not his affair. He pays no attention to me. Bless the man, I don't want to see him. But everybody talks about our marriage, everybody congratulates me, and there's nothing in it at all. It's all like a dream. You've got a brooch like a bee. Anya, sadly. Mother bought it. Goes into her room and talks lightly, like a child. In Paris I went up in a balloon. My darling's come back. My pretty one's come back. Dunyasha has already returned with the coffee pot and is making the coffee. Varya stands near the door. I go about all day, looking after the house, and I think all the time, if only you could marry a rich man, then I'd be happy and would go away somewhere by myself, then to Kiev, to Moscow, and so on, from one holy place to another. I'd tramp and tramp. Oh, that would be splendid. The birds are singing in the garden. What time is it now? Mm, must be getting on for three. Time you went to sleep, darling. Goes into Anya's room. Splendid. Enter Yasha with a plaid shawl and a traveling bag. Yasha, crossing the stage, politely. May I go this way? I hardly knew you, Yasha. You have changed abroad. Hmm. And who are you? When you went away, I was only so high. Showing with her hand. I'm Dunyasha, the daughter of Theodore Kozoyadov. 
You don't remember. Oh, you little cucumber. Looks round and embraces her. Ah! She screams and drops a saucer. Yasha goes out quickly. Varya, in the doorway, in an angry voice. What's that? Dunyasha, through her tears. I've broken a saucer. It may bring luck. Anya, coming out of her room. We must tell Mother that Peter's here. I told them not to wake him. Father died six years ago, and a month later my brother Grisha was drowned in the river. Such a dear little boy of seven. Mother couldn't bear it. She went away, away, without looking round. Shudders. How I understand her, if only she knew. And Peter Trofimov was Grisha's tutor. He might tell her. Enter Fears in a short jacket and white waistcoat. Fears goes to the coffee pot nervously. The mistress is going to have some food here. Puts on white gloves. Is the coffee ready? To Danyasha, severely. Ew, where's the cream? Oh, dear me. Rapid exit. Fears, fussing round the coffee pot. Oh, you bungler. Back from Paris. The master went to Paris once. In a carriage. <laughs> what are you talking about, Fears? I beg your pardon. The mistress is home again. I have lived to see her. Don't care if I die now. Weeps with joy. Enter Lubov, Andreevna, Gaev, Lopakin, and Simeon Pishin. The latter in a long jacket of thin cloth and loose trousers. Gaev, coming in, moves his arms and body about as if he is playing billiards. Let me remember now. Red into the corner, twice into the centre. Right into the pocket. Once upon a time you and I used both to sleep in this room, and now I'm fifty-one. It does seem strange. Yes, time does go. Who does? I said that time does go. It smells of patchouli here. I'm going to bed. Good night, mother. Kisses her. My lovely little one. Kisses her hand. Glad to be at home. I can't get over it. Good night, Uncle. Kisses her face and hands. God be with you. How you do resemble your mother. To his sister. You were just like her at her age, Luba. Anya gives her hand to Lopakin and Pishin and goes out, shutting the door behind her. She's awfully tired. It is a very long journey. Varya. To Lopakin and Pishin. Well, sirs, it's getting on for three. Quite time you went. You're just the same as ever, Varya. Draws her close and kisses her. I'll have some coffee now, then we'll all go. Fears lays a cushion under her feet. Thank you, dear. I'm used to coffee. I drink it day and night. Thank you, dear old man. Kisses Fears. I'll go and see if they've brought in all the luggage. Exit. Is it really I who am sitting here? I want to jump about and wave my arms. Covers her face with her hands. But suppose I'm dreaming. God knows I love my own country. I love it deeply. I couldn't look out of the railway carriage. I cried so much. Still, I must have my coffee. Thank you, Fears. Thank you, dear old man. I'm so glad you're still with us. The day before yesterday. He doesn't hear well. 
I've got to go off to Karkov by the five o'clock train. I'm awfully sorry. I should like to have a look at you, to gossip a little. You're as fine-looking as ever. Even finer-looking, dressed in Paris fashions. Confound it all. Your brother, Leonid Andreevich, says I'm a snob, a usurer. But that's absolutely nothing to me. Let him talk. Only I do wish you would believe in me as you once did, that your wonderful touching eyes would look at me as they did before. Merciful God, my father was the serf of your grandfather and your own father, but you, you more than anybody else, did so much for me once upon a time that I've forgotten everything and love you as if you belonged to my family. And even more. I can't sit still. I'm not in a state to do it. Jumps up and walks about in great excitement. I'll never survive this happiness. You can laugh at me. I'm a silly woman. My dear little cupboard. Kisses cupboard. My little table. Nurse has died in your absence. Lubov sits and drinks coffee. Yes, bless her soul. I heard by letter. And Anastasius has died too. Peter Kosoy has left me and now lives in town with the commissioner of police. Takes a box of sugar candy out of his pocket and sucks a piece. My daughter, Dashenka, sends her love. I want to say something very pleasant, very delightful to you. Looks at his watch. I'm going away at once. I haven't much time, but I'll tell you all about it in two or three words. As you already know, your cherry orchard is to be sold to pay your debts, and the sale is fixed for August the 22nd. But you needn't be alarmed, dear madam. You may sleep in peace. There's a way out. Here's my plan. Please attend carefully. Your estate is only thirteen miles from the town. The railway runs by, and if the cherry orchard and the land by the river are broken up into building lots and are then leased off for villas, you'll get at least twenty-five thousand roubles a year profit out of it. How utterly absurd! I don't understand you at all, Yermolai Alexeyevich. You will get twenty-five roubles a year for each desiatin from the leaseholders at the very least. And if you advertise now, I'm willing to bet that you won't have a vacant plot left by the autumn. They'll all go. In a word, you're saved. I congratulate you. Only, of course, you'll have to put things straight and clean up. For instance, you'll have to pull down all the old buildings, this house, which isn't any use to anybody now, and cut down the old cherry orchard. Cut it down? My dear man, you must excuse me, but you don't understand anything at all. If there's anything interesting or remarkable in the whole province, it's this cherry orchard of ours. The only remarkable thing about the orchard is that it's very large. It only bears fruit every other year, and even then you don't know what to do with them. Nobody buys any. This orchard is mentioned in the encyclopedic dictionary. Lopakin looks at his watch. If we can't think of anything and don't make up our minds to anything, then on August 22nd both the cherry orchard and the whole estate will be up for auction. Make up your mind. I swear there's no other way out. I'll swear it again. In the old days, forty or fifty years back, they dried the cherries, sold them and pickled them, and made jam of them. And it used to happen that... Be quiet, fears. And then we would send the dried cherries off in carts to Moscow and Kharkov. And money 
and the dried cherries were soft, juicy, sweet, and nicely scented. They knew the way. What was the way? They have forgotten. Nobody remembers. Pishin to Lubov Andreevna. What about Paris, eh? Did you eat frogs? I ate crocodiles. To think of that now. Up to now in the villages there were only the gentry and the labourers, and now the people who live in villas have arrived. All towns now, even small ones, are surrounded by villas, and it's safe to say that in twenty years' time the villa resident will be all over the place. At present he sits on his balcony and drinks tea, but it may well come to pass that he'll begin to cultivate his patch of land, and then your cherry orchard will be happy, rich, splendid. What rot! Enter Varya and Yasha. There are two telegrams for you, little mother. Picks out a key and noisily unlocks an antique cupboard. Here they are. They're from Paris. Tears them up without reading them. I've done with Paris. And do you know, Luba, how old this case is? A week ago I took out the bottom drawer. I looked and saw figures burnt out in it. That case was made exactly a hundred years ago. What do you think of that? What? We could celebrate its jubilee. It hasn't a soul of its own, but still say what you will. It's a fine bookcase. <gasps> a hundred years? Think of that. Yes, it's a real thing. Handling it. My dear and honoured case, I congratulate you on your existence, which has already for more than a hundred years been directed towards the bright ideals of good and justice. Your silent call to productive labour has not grown less in the hundred years, during which you have uphold virtue and faith in a better future to the generations of our race, educating us up to ideals of goodness and to the knowledge of a common consciousness. Yes? You are just the same as ever, Leon. Gaev, a little confused. Off the white on the right into the corner pocket, red ball goes into the middle pocket. Lopakin looks at his watch. It's time I went. Yasha, giving Lubov Andreevna her medicine. Will you take your pills now? You oughtn't to take medicines, dear madam. They do you neither harm nor good. Give them here, dear madam. Takes the pills, turns them out into the palm of his hand, blows on them, puts them into his mouth, and drinks some kvass. Ah, there. You're off your head. I've taken all the pills. Gormandizer. Oh, laugh. They were here in Easter week, and ate half a pailful of cucumbers. What's he driving at? He's been mumbling away for three years. We're used to that. Senile decay. Sholata Ivanova crosses the stage dressed in white. She is very thin and tightly laced. Has a lorgnette at her waist. Excuse me, Charlotte Ivanova, I haven't said how do you do to you yet. Tries to kiss her hand. Charlotte takes her hand away. If you let people kiss your hand, then they want your elbow, then your shoulder, and then... My luck's out today. All laugh. Show us a trick, Charlotte Ivanova. Charlotte, do us a trick. It's not necessary. I want to go to bed. Exit. 
We shall see each other in three weeks. Kisses Lubov Andreevna's hand. Now good-bye. It's time to go. To Gaev. See you again. Kisses Pishin. Au revoir. Gives his hand to Varya, then to Fears, and to Yasha. I don't want to go away. To Lubov Andreevna. If you think about the villas and make up your mind, then just let me know, and I'll raise a loan of fifty thousand roubles at once. Think about it seriously. Do go now. I'm going. I'm going. Exit. Snob still, I beg pardon. Varya's going to marry him. He's Varya's young man. Don't talk too much, uncle. Why not, Varya? I should be very glad. He's a good man. To speak the honest truth, he's a worthy man. And my Dushinka also says that she says lots of things. Snores, but wakes up again at once. But still, dear madam, if you could lend me two hundred and forty roubles to pay the interest on my mortgage tomorrow. We haven't got it. We haven't got it. It's quite true. I've nothing at all. I'll find it all right. I never lose hope. I used to think everything's lost now. I'm a dead man. When, lo and behold, a railway was built over my land. <laughs> they paid me for it. And something else will happen today or tomorrow. Dushenka may win twenty thousand roubles. She's got a lottery ticket. The coffee's all gone. We can go to bed. Fears, brushing Gaev's trousers in an insistent tone. You have put on the wrong trousers again. What am I to do with you? Anya's asleep. Opens window quietly. The sun has risen already. It isn't cold. Look, little mother. What lovely trees. And the air. The starlings are singing. Gaev opens the other window. The whole garden's white. You haven't forgotten, Luban? There's that long avenue going straight. Straight like a stretched strap, it shines on moonlight nights. Do you remember? You haven't forgotten? Lubav looks out into the garden. Oh, my childhood, days of my innocence. In this nursery I used to sleep. I used to look out from here into the orchard. Happiness used to wake with me every morning. And then it was just as it is now. Nothing has changed. Oh, it's all, all white. Oh, my orchard. After the dark autumns and the cold winters, you're young again, full of happiness. The angels of heaven haven't left you. If only I could take my heavy burden off my breast and shoulders, if I could forget my past. Yes, and they'll sell this orchard to pay off debts. How strange it seems. Look, there's my dead mother going in the orchard, dressed in white. <laughs> That's she. Where? God bless you, little mother. There's nobody there. I thought I saw somebody. 
on the right at the turning by the summer-house, a white little tree bent down, looking just like a woman. Enter Trofimov in a worn student uniform and spectacles. What a marvellous garden! White masses of flowers, the blue sky. Lyubov Andreevna! She looks round at him. I only want to show myself and I'll go away. Kisses her hand warmly. I was told to wait till the morning, but I didn't have the patience. Lubov Andreevna looks surprised. It's Peter Trofimov. Peter Trofimov, once the tutor of your Grisha. Have I changed so much? Lubov Andreevna embraces him and cries softly. That's enough. That's enough, Lubov. But I told you, Peter, to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, my Grisha, my boy, Grisha, my son. What are we to do, little mother? It's the will of God. It's all right. It's all right. My boy's dead. He was drowned. Why? Why, my friend? Anya's asleep in there. I am speaking so loudly, making such a noise. Well, Peter. What's made you look so bad? Why have you grown so old? In the train, an old woman called me a decayed gentleman. You were quite a boy then, a nice little student. And now your hair is not at all thick and you wear spectacles. Are you really still a student? Goes to the door. I suppose I shall always be a student. Lubov kisses her brother, then Varya. Well, let's go to bed. And you've grown older, Leonid. Pishin follows her. Yes, we've got to go to bed. Oh, my gout! I'll stay the night here, if only Lubov Andreevna. My dear, you could get me 240 roubles tomorrow morning. Still the same story. 240 roubles to pay the interest on the mortgage. I haven't any money, dear man. I'll give it back. It's a small sum. Well, then Leonid will give it to you. Let him have it, Leonid. By all means, hold out your hand. Why not? He wants it. He'll give it back. Lubov Andreevna, Trofimov, Pishin, and Fears go out. Gaev, Varya, and Yasha remain. My sister hasn't lost the habit of throwing money about. To Yasha. Stand off, do. You smell of poultry. You are just the same as ever, Leonid Andreevich. Really? To Varya. What's he saying? To Yasha. Your mother's come from the village. She's been sitting in the servants' room since yesterday and wants to see you. Bless the woman. Shameless man. A lot of use there is in her coming. She might have come tomorrow just as well. Exit. Mother hasn't altered a scrap. She's just as she always was. She'd give away everything if the idea only entered her head. Yes. If there's any illness for which people offer many remedies, you may be sure that particular illness is incurable, I think. I work my brains to their hardest. I've several remedies, very many, and that really means I've none at all. It would be nice to inherit a fortune from somebody. It would be nice to marry our Anya to a rich man. 
it would be nice to go to jaroslav and try my luck with my aunt the countess my aunt is very very rich if only god helped us don't cry my aunt's very rich but she doesn't like us my sister in the first place married an advocate not a noble anya appears in the doorway she not only married a man who was not a noble but she behaved herself in a way which cannot be described as proper she's nice and kind and charming and i'm very fond of her but say what you will in her favor and you still have to admit that she's wicked you can feel it in her slightest movements anya's in the doorway really it's curious something's got into my right eye i can't see properly out of it and on thursday when i was at the district court enter anya why aren't you in bed anya can't sleep it's no good my darling kisses anya's face and hands my child you're not my niece you're my angel you're my all believe in me believe i do believe in you uncle everybody loves and respects you but uncle dear you ought to say nothing no more than that what were you saying just now about my mother your own sister why did you say those things yes yes covers his face with her hand yes really it was awful save me my god and only just now i made a speech before a bookcase it's so silly and only when i'd finished i knew how silly it was yes uncle dear you really ought to say less keep quiet that's all you'd be so much happier in yourself if you only kept quiet all right i'll be quiet kisses their hands i'll be quiet but let's talk business on thursday i was in the district court and a lot of us met there together and we began to talk of this that and the other and now i think i can arrange a loan to pay the interest into the bank if only god would help us i'll go on tuesday i'll talk with them about it again to varya don't howl to anya your mother will have a talk to lopakin he of course won't refuse and when you've rested you'll go to jaroslav to the countess your grandmother so you see we'll have three irons in the fire and we'll be safe we'll pay up the interest i am certain puts some sugar-candy into his mouth i swear on my honor on anything you will that the estate will not be sold i swear on my happiness here's my hand you may call me a dishonorable wretch if i let it go to auction i swear by all i am she is calm again and happy how good and clever you are uncle embraces him i'm happy now i'm happy all's well interferes leonid andreyevich don't you fear gout when are you going to bed soon soon you go away fierce i'll undress myself well children bye-bye i'll give you the details to-morrow but let's go to bed now kisses anya and varya i'm a man of the eighties 
People don't praise those years much, but I can still say that I've suffered for my beliefs. The peasants don't love me for nothing, I assure you. We've got to learn to know the peasants. We ought to learn how— You're doing it again, uncle. Be quiet, uncle. Leonid Andreevich. I'm coming, I'm coming. Go to bed now. Off two cushions into the middle. I turn over a new leaf. Exit. Fears goes out after him. I'm quieter now. I don't want to go to Yaroslav. I don't like grandmother. But I'm calm now, thanks to uncle. Sits down. Oh, it's time to go to sleep. I'll go. There's been an unpleasantness here while you were away. In the old servant's part of the house, as you know, only the old people live. Little old Yefim and Polia, and Yevstigny, and Karp as well. They started letting some tramps or other spend the night there. I said nothing. Then I heard that they were saying that I had ordered them to be fed on peas and nothing else, from meanness, you see. And it was all Yevstigny's doing. Very well, I thought, if that's what the matter is, just you wait. So I call Yevstigny. Oh, he comes. What's this, I say? Yevstigny, you old fool. Looks at Anya. <sighs> Anya, dear. She's dropped off. Takes Anya's arm. Let's go to bye-bye. Come along. Leads her. My darling's gone to sleep. Come on. They go. In the distance, the other side of the orchard, a shepherd plays his pipe. Trofimov crosses the stage and stops on seeing Varya and Anya. Shh! She's asleep. Asleep. Come on, dear. I'm so tired. All the bells. Uncle, dear. Mother and uncle. Come on, dear. Come on. They go into Anya's room. My son. My spring. Curtain. End of Act One.